You're listening to the Bread of Life podcast, featuring my latest teachings from the Word of God. The Word is truth and life to those who find Him, and Jesus is ready to be found. off the weights. Throw off the weights. You see, the Lord often talks to us about steps and navigation. You know, in the book of Psalms, it mentions that the steps of a good man are ordered. He orders steps. He he brings about a guidance in our way. He brings about a leading in our way. For we are on a path. And it is him that brings about direction in our way. And he directs us in our way by his spirit to lead us into everlasting life. Amen. To lead us to Jesus. You see, Paul talks about this path in terms of a race. He calls it a race. Now, whether you want to believe it or not, we are in a race. We are in a race to achieve a prize. We're not in this race for position or competition. No, no, no. That's carnal thinking right there. We are in this race to achieve the prize that the Lord Jesus has set before us. And in this race, there are hindrances. There are things that can slow us down from achieving that. There are things that will try to enable us to not meet the mark, to not meet the finish line. There are hindrances out there, and I want to share this with you. I want to show you something here in the Bible, because the Bible talks about these hindrances as weights. It refers to them as weights which slow us down, weights which hinder. Now, the Bible talks about a man named Jonah, and he was given instructions from God to go to a land, a place named Nineveh, to preach a word. But Jonah decided to flee to a place called Tarnish. And he decided to do this via a ship with other men. Amen? I just want to read with you here now. I want to start from verse 4 in Jonah 1. It says, But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid and cried every man unto his God and cast forth the wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship and he lay and was fast asleep. Amen. Now here we can see the Bible is telling us that as they were making their journey to tarnish, that there was a great storm that arose. And the mariners were afraid, so they decided to do what mariners do. They decided to offload the cargo on the ship into the sea. The Bible says they did this to lighten the ship in hope that they will be able to stabilize themselves in the boat. But we will further get to understand that even though their efforts were made to do this, their efforts failed. For the waves did not cease following their actions. 
I'll read from verse 13. It says, Nevertheless, the men rode hard to bring it to the land, but they could not, for the sea was wrought and was tempestuous against them. So here we can see that the mariners are still in a situation where they needed saving because the sea was still at war with them. Amen. Now here we can see that the men were still fighting against the waves and their efforts before did not work. Now I want to draw your attention now to verse 15. And the Bible says that they now took Jonah and cast him forth into the sea and the sea ceased from her raging. Now, immediately we can see that when they try to offload the cargo to lighten the ship, the ship continued to rage. But when they offloaded Jonah into the sea, the sea, the Bible says, ceased from raging. You see, the mariners were doing the right thing, but they were offloading the wrong thing. Because the weight that was hindering them was not the cargo in the ship. The weight that was hindering them was Jonah in the ship. And why is this? Because Jonah refused to be obedient to the voice of God. And so the sin upon Jonah had caused that ship to hinder to reach its destination. And it was when they decided to throw the weight, to throw Jonah into the sea, then it was at that point the sea ceased from its raging. Amen? You see, sin, disobedience, this is a weight that hinders us on our path to eternal life. This is the weight that hinders us as we are trodden this path to hinder us, to restrict us, to restrain us from reaching the destination that the Lord has promised that we are to achieve. I want to just quickly draw your attention to Hebrews 12 and 1. Because it explains something here, you know, very wonderful. I really have to share it with you. It says, wherefore seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Amen. You see, the writer here is telling us that in order for us to be successful in our race, we ought to lay aside every weight. Amen. You see, it's important for us to search ourselves, to search within, to search ourselves and identify if there be any sin. To ask God even to identify if there be anything that we have wronged him of, anything we have displeased him of, and to ask him to remove it. To ask him to remove it so that our load will be lightened in this race. Because sin is like a burden, it's like a load onto us. And it will prevent us from moving forward if it is not uplifted. This we shall ask and this he shall do. Amen. 
it's important for us to understand that there are weights. There are weights. Now, I've spoken of the first weight, that weight being sin slash disobedience. And I want to share with you two other weights which the Lord has revealed unto me. The second being the cares of this life. You see, the cares of this life are the things of this life that tries to draw our attention, that tries to draw our attention so we can care about it, but it only pertains to this life. These are things which we won't carry into the next life. These are things in which won't pertain or have any relevance into the next life. They only pertain to this life. And oftentimes there are things in which we care about and yet they are temporal. They are temporal. They are temporal things. You see, these are things like food and clothes and money. You, you often find people burdening themselves with the worry of such things. And you often find that they will even operate in a way which is out of character just to have these things. You will find that you, people will often operate in a way which is illegal just, just to have these things. You know, I'm talking about things like job and job promotion and the increase of material things. You know, people worry about this. They worry about about what, what they're going to have at a certain age and will they ever have such a thing at a certain age? You know, they worry about will I ever get married? You know, but the Bible tells us in Romans 12 verse 2, it says, do not conform to this world. Do not conform to the patterns of this world. Do not conform to the thinkings of this world. Do not conform to how the world behaves. But he's trying to draw us out from such thinking and to bring us into a thinking which is is not like that, into a thinking in where we ought to depend upon our Heavenly Father and upon Him alone. And things like this makes you ask the question, I mean, why attend or worry about something which is not even going to go with you into your destiny? It's not even going to be with you into the next life. You know, such questions I started to ask even myself, you know, why worry about something which is here today and then gone tomorrow? I mean, the Lord tells us in his word, he says that life is more than food and the body more than clothes. Amen. Matthew 6 verse 25. I believe this is so wonderful, you know. He says life is more than food. I believe what he's trying to say is that if one was to worry, they ought to worry about the state of their life, the state of their soul. Are you saved? Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your savior? These are the questions that one ought to have. Have you given your life to Christ? These are essential questions which one must ask himself. Amen. If one was to worry, he ought to worry about his soul. And if he knows he's not right with God, he ought to do something about it. We ought to do something about it. And we ought to do something in the manner that Paul talks about. We ought to pray. You see, this ought to be a concern for us, but in order for it not to be a concern, we ought to get right with God. And we can do so by going into prayer and acknowledging him as our Lord and Savior. This is more important than food and clothes and the cares of this life. Amen. Our salvation matters to God. Our salvation is important.
We ought to be concerned about the state of our life in Christ, the life which Jesus died for us. We ought to be concerned about this life and whether we are right with him. We ought to be placing emphasis on our relationship with Christ. I've, I've seen many a times that there is great emphasis on the cares of this world and you find that people place Jesus second in their life and this ought not to be so he ought to be first and he will take care of everything else he will take care of all things that are needful for us because he knows exactly what we need and at the hour that we need it I want to now talk about the last weight and that is self-desires, self-desires. Now I want to talk about self-desire from the point of view of having a strong desire, a high desire for something, you know, for something that, that feeds an area of appetite in your life. You see, I believe there's nothing wrong in, in having a desire for something, but it's having a desire to the point that we lose self-control and we lose ourselves, and having a desire to the point that it takes up residence in our heart. That thing takes up room in our very own heart. And these are desires outside of God, the desires outside the will of God. I believe when this happens, it then goes to show that our eyes are being taken off Jesus. Our eyes are being taken off Jesus and his word. And this is not a good place to be. This is not a good place to be because unpleasant things begin to happen. Whenever the time we begin to share our hearts with something else, whatever that may be, whenever we decide to share our hearts and have a desire for something else and Christ is not the fullness in our hearts, unpleasant things can birth from that. I mean, we can even look at Samson, for instance. You know, we, we know he was chosen among many to save his people. But because of the strong desire that he had for Delilah, he, he almost forfeited the calling on his life. We know that he was restored in the latter end. The Lord restored him when he prayed and seek God's forgiveness. But because of that desire, he lost sightings of the word of God. He lost sightings of the commandments which the Lord told him not to do as a, as a Nazarene. He, he lost sightings of the calling on his life because of that tie, because of that desire that he had with Deliah. If it was not for his repentance in the latter end, then his story would have worked out differently. His story would have been, would have been told differently. Yet because he repented, he was able to accomplish and complete that which the Lord wanted him to do. You see, such a desire almost held him back from completing the work of God. Almost held him back from completing the purpose of God. But we thank God for his mercy. Amen. You see, we can even draw reference here from Lot's wife, who was told to flee Sodom and Gomorrah and not look back. But she looked back. For if she had concentrated in the direction she was going and committed to that, she would not have looked back. 
in her looking back tells me that she was half committed and there was a piece of her still left in that city that was being destroyed. You see, I say this because this, a situation such as this has even happened to me, you know. I was trying to commit myself to something that the Lord has told me to do and I kept looking back. And a part of me felt like I could make that thing that I had coexist to the thing that the Lord wanted me to do. And I realized after a while and after, you know, wrestling with the situation, I realized that the two could not coexist and I had to drop one. And, you know, and because I wanted to please the Lord, I dropped the thing that would displease him. But the Lord is gracious, amen? But Lot's wife looked back. And it meant that the weight called self-desire was able to hinder her from progressing in the direction that the Lord had set for her. It meant that she was not able to continue in the path of safety, in the path of refuge. Because the Lord has set about a safety for her and her family, but she was not able to enjoy it because she looked back. You see, there's a scripture that I found not so long ago in uh, Hebrews 11, verse 15. You know, it says that if they had been mindful, if they had truly been mindful of the country from whence they had came out, they might have had opportunity to return. You see, this scripture talks about Abraham. And it talks about the fact that he was called out of his own country and was told by God to go to a country he would tell him of. And it's saying that if he had been mindful of where he had came from, there may have been a way made for him to go back. There may have been an opportunity parved out for him to return. But because he was mindful of not where he came from, but for where he was going. Amen. That opportunity did not entice him. And this really spoke out to me because it just goes to show that oftentimes when we desire a certain way, we are tempted in that way. If we desire a certain thing, it is in that thing we desire, our temptation sits. It was when Jesus was hungered that Satan approached him and began to tempt him with food. It was when Esau was hungered that he was tempted by the food of another. You see, we are drawn away from God in particular by the things that we lost after by the things in which we put a strong desire in. And what can we learn from this? We know that Abraham was not longing to return. And because he was not longing to return, temptation to return did not abound. Temptation to return did not appear. Here we can see his progression in the path that the Lord has chosen for him. It wasn't an easy one, I shall say. But it was one in which he was able to walk without the weight of self-desire to return to where he had come from.
You see, whenever something other than God, other than Jesus, takes up room in our heart, it often brings about a pulling, a pulling in a direction from God. And it often brings about an opportunity to lead us astray. If not dealt with, it will bring about an opportunity to lead us astray. Now, the million dollar question is, what do we do if we identify that we have these weights? <laughs> what do we do? Well, I just want to address this in regards to the three points that I mentioned. The first being the cares of life. I would say to just cast your cares. Cast your cares upon him because he cared for thee. Cast your cares and worry before his feet. Cast it upon him in prayer. And you will soon find a peace that will overtake you. Cast it upon him, looking to him, knowing that only he can provide and only he is your helper. Look not to self, but look to him. And he will provide. Amen. And in respect to sin or disobedience, I would say recognize sincerely where you have wronged, where you have faulted. And ask the Lord for forgiveness. Confess with your mouth that thing to God. And I can assure you by his word that he is faithful to forgive. And you will soon find that a weight will be uplifted off for you just through this. Amen. Even the unconscious sin, ask the Lord to reveal it unto you so you may confess it and receive his forgiveness. And lastly, in respect to self-desire, I would say to seek the Lord, to seek more of the Lord, and you will soon find that that thing which is taking up room in your heart will soon fade away as you gaze more upon the Lord. You know, in Christ dwells all fullness and we are only complete in Him. He is the only one that will complete us. And so if there is a partition there in our heart, the more of Him will erase that thing that is joy in our desire. The more of Him will erase it because then it will not be that desire taken up space but it will be the desire of Jesus in our hearts calling upon him crying out to him and you will soon find like Abraham that thing that used to lust at you or call you astray will soon have no power because your eyes now is on Jesus and you'd find a completeness that you could never find in that desire you would then find a completeness in him because in him all fullness dwells if for some reason you identify any of these weights in your own life in your own walk with Christ I would like you to join me in this prayer I would like you to say Heavenly Father your yoke is light and easy. Mine is heavy 
and it's a burden unto me and I no longer want to carry these weights I no longer want to displease you and do that which is not right in your sight I want to uplift and upload these weights I want to walk in the way that you have originally chosen for me and that way is light and easy that way is taking your yoke which is light and easy I ask for you to become Lord of my life. I ask you to become Lord of all. I ask you to help me in being obedient unto you and to have my eyes focused upon you and upon that which you want for my life. I want to find your will and abide there. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to the Bread of Life podcast. Visit our website, nomoreblind.com for more information regarding this podcast and many others. Share this message with your friends and family and help us spread the word of God, which restores our soul. Until next time, remember, the grass may wither and the flower may fade, but the word of God will never change.